Alright everybody, welcome back. We are here with another episode of Hack History. We are back with part quattro. Uh, yes indeed, that's four for those of you who don't speak Spanish or really just haven't been alive, I guess. Not been alive. Um, but we are doing part four of the Bay of Pigs. Um, just in case you didn't know, this is Hacked History. You're not really sure how you found us if you don't know the name of our podcast, but nonetheless, we're happy to have all you here today. Um, God, I sound like I'm giving a lecture. I'm really not. It's not what this shit is about. But um, anyway, uh, we're a podcast. My name's Lucas. This thing over here to the left of me, his name is uh, Jose. Jake. It's Jake. <laughs> what? <laughs> I knew it was Jake. Jose is my stage name. Yep, and uh, Jose Cuervo is your preferred choice of drink, isn't Absolutely it? not. <laughs> anyway. Um, We're starting off like a fucking NPR podcast. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Coming up next on All Things Considered. Anyway, uh, things, things considered. you should consider doing, actually. Uh, you should consider liking us on Facebook at Hacked History. You should consider liking us on Instagram at Hacked underscore History and last but not least, we've also added a new social media to the fold. You should consider like following us on twitter at hacked underscore history as well um that's gonna be a new platform we're gonna be utilizing for the podcast excited about some of the things we can do there um and lastly if you want to send us an email you can do so at hackhistory101 at gmail.com and please 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 um keep sending in those reviews we really appreciate that uh we this isn't our main job we do a lot of work outside of the job so if you want to see us grow and uh potentially dedicate more time to this please you know, keep getting those reviews. Yeah. Isn't that right, Jake? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Lucas has gotten on his hands and knees. He's groveling. So if yep. you don't do it, what the heck are you doing? Classic. Anyway. I hate uh, you so fucking much right now. <laughs> That's fair. I should probably turn off my rigor on my phone. Yeah, that bitch dig. goes off. It's going to be a problem. <laughs> anyway. Then you're going to sound like the asshole. Yeah, I am the asshole. All right. I'm the asshole. You're anyway. the asshole. Um, All right. Jake, where do we leave off at the end of part trace? All right. So at the end of part press, um, <laughs> it sounds so fucking stupid. Um, no. So at the end of part trace, so we were at the um, end of part three. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about Doctor Vacuum, uh, the one and only Doctor Vacuum, magnificent. The- <laughs> yes, the maleficent Doctor Vacuum. <laughs> That's not even worth fucking nice talking about Broadway. No, uh, we talked about Robert Bissell. No, actually, not Robert, Richard Bissell. I fucked that up. <laughs> Close enough. Mr. Dr. Professor Richard Bissell. Yeah, Mr. Dr. Professor Richard Bissell. He is the head of the doing department, basically, of the CIA. We've talked about who he is. We've talked about how he's a fucking mad lad jumping from roofs in Yale, breaking his collarbone, jumping off of rocks and shit, reading timetables like a fucking maniac. You can just picture him out there on the roofs, jumping between the, the buildings, going... Oh my god, the fourth doesn't arrive to seven half! Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> just just in the background. 315 to Cleveland's going at 445! <laughs> just jumping across the fucking lecture building. Just um, making everybody hate the ever-living shit out of him. <laughs> Speaking of uh, hating the ever-living shit out of things, I've blown out the audio on our fucking recording setup. So. Just imagine the couples in dorms just trying to fucking refuse <laughs> time of useless train facts. <laughs> Just like he's just going up and down. It's like that lady from the fucking Hey girl, get no sleep because of yo gotta go to sleep because of me. Except he's just banging pots talking about statistics and shit. I Did imagine, you know that a boat can carry fifteen tanks or five thousand three hundred and sixty seven men and use only eighteen percent of its registered fuel load? I don't care. I'm trying to have sex. 
Like that. What the fuck? All right. So I can just imagine him going between the buildings. He's just got one of those wooden train whistles on his neck. <laughs> God, just he's, all wearing he's, going, he's wearing the striped conductor's cap. I just bumped the mic. <laughs> I was too excited. Yeah. Anyway. So where are we at? We talked about his background. We talked about some of his qualifications, what he'd been doing up until this point. We kind of broached on why he was important because he's going to be the guy who makes the Bay of Pigs invasion basically happen. So if we he don't talk about shit. him, we would be stupid. He's um, the planner. Yeah, he is the planner. He is the he is the yes man. He is the doingest. He I've run out of acronyms. He's really fucking bizarre. Um, he's Maleficent. <laughs> yeah, he is. But um, we're starting today off kind of moving from thinking about killing Castro and getting rid of Castro to actually doing it. Oh my God, we're talking about the how and the why. Yeah. Lucas has been bitching about how the setup to this has taken so long, and it's like, I hate to say that this is not like when we do a podcast, it's like, you could kind of breeze past this shit, it is literally necessary to every fucking step, because this is a government operation, this is not just like, you know, we can give a quick, like, one-two about fucking Stalin and joke about his foreskin for 20 minutes, like, nah, there's some shit that we have to talk about here, but... Yeah, so the fact is this origins is what I call engaging in covert actions. Okay, yeah, that's... You can sexual. take your night moves and shove it! Night um, moves! <laughs> Back and down on the night moves. He's talking about fucking without a condom in that song. Um, He, uh... Okay. <laughs> we kind of starting to talk about the fact that, like, the CIA is getting the ball rolling. That they're starting to look at assembling a team. They're starting to look at ways even before invasion of getting rid of Castro. Because the CIA, as we know them, and we talked about in the previous episode, is basically your, like, covert foreign intelligence section of American, you know, power. Which basically means, like, if they see a guy that they do not like, yeah, they'll probably fucking get rid of him. Um, yeah, and the CIA doesn't need credit cards. They don't need money nope. to ride this train. It's the power of bureaucracy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the power of... Doc, you mean I'm late for school? <laughs> yeah. So the the problem here is You this. mean the train is late, Doc? The train is late. I got to get that train <laughs> rolling. So yeah, like a midnight train to Georgia. How many song references can we do? <laughs> so many that so many. we're going to lose all semblance of topic. But Probably. Yeah. So yeah, the fact is that we're starting to look at people saying like, okay, we need to fucking get rid of him. There's a movement in the CIA and they're starting to get the president on board to basically say like, hey, Eisenhower... Maybe get your old ass dick out of your hands and let's just get rid of this guy. Basically, you know, in less tact, obviously, in what I'm saying, but effectively, that's what's going on. So, uh, we're retarding to. Retarding. Where we're starting to look oh at. God. What? <laughs> he didn't just fucking say that. I said starting without the S. That was a mistake, okay? <laughs> Jesus. Relax. Relax. Oh, the copy edits. No. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, Eisenhower, at this point in time, he had been... He's kind of a weird dude in this situation. So, starting off in sort of, like, 1959, 1960, you have Eisenhower basically, like, asking this question, which is almost stupid. Basically saying to some people at the CIA headquarters at Langley when they were laying the cornerstone in 1959 and 1960. What do you suppose is eating Castro? What? Basically saying, like, what's got Castro pissed off? That was what, that's the question he kept asking himself. As if for some reason the answer wasn't clear. Castro doesn't like green eggs and ham. 
Cash wasn't like fuck it. Never mind. Moving on. on. <laughs> I I don't know what I expected relying on you for a conversation. <laughs> so yeah, it, but the problem is that he had been asked this question by a reporter, and that had kind of been sticking with him since that Havana hey, rally. Hey, man. Hey, hey, hey. What's eating Castro? <laughs> Basically, that's like a that's like a 1959 like reporter. Like, what what's the deal? What's the scoop, Skip? <laughs> you call the president Skip? What the fuck? What's the deal, sport? <laughs> what's the deal, Skip? No, um. So he asked him this question, like, what What do you skip, think is bothering skip, Castro? Skip, skip. And the funny part about this is, like, Eisenhower's like, I really don't know what's got him all upset. Like, for, like this is a sheer amount of, like, stupidity that comes along in this operation. As everybody was power players, did not take the chance to listen to what Castro was saying. To say, like, oh, you don't like us because we've been fucking around with your stuff. You mean because we've been exploiting your island for resources? Without Since 1893. Any, without giving you any sort of benefits, we've just been using your island? And basically yeah. racially, like, saying, oh, you're brown, so therefore you can't run your country, which is bullshit, clearly. Uh, basically, it's just manifest destiny. Pretty it, much. It, it's all wrong, but... Yeah. So the problem here is that this question continues to bother him. So at like two, this was asked him two days after that rally that he or that Castro held in Havana, where he jumped off the helicopter with the rifle and was telling him like the Americans are trying to kill us. Um, you know the old bombing raid thing. Uh, so what ends up happening is like he's thinking about this same question: What the fuck is bothering him? Why is he so angry at us? Until like the thirty first. You mad, bro? Yeah, pretty much. When he just decides to approve. A State Department policy basically saying this. To encourage and coalesce opposition to the Castro regime's, regime's present form. Meanwhile, avoiding, to quote, the impression of direct pressure or intervention. What does that what? basically mean? Is that he was looking for a way to remove Castro without implicating the U.S. in it. To oh, make it look okay. like all of the other Cubans were like, we don't like you anymore. Goodbye. You know, I don't think I've ever heard something worded so fucking vaguely in my life. Exactly. That just it's was. called plausible deniability. That's what it means, basically. Well, we just we wanted to keep the structure. Just we'll for, Keep the structure, but we don't want the leader. Therefore, Underwood, shut the fuck up. No. Which, by the way, is just not something that works. Like, No. It's basically like saying that we, we want the top of this tree, but what we're going to do is we're going to cut out the tree trunk and just fucking pray to God that it works out for us. Pretty much. <laughs> Actually, yeah, kind of that. It's actually a really good analogy for that, basically. <laughs> it's like it's like saying, like, we'll cut a midsection out of the tree, like the most, like, heavily suggested section that works for that thing. Yeah. And we're just going to assume the bill or the, the tree is going to stand. Or it's basically like saying, we're going to, we like the second story of this house a lot, so we're just going to fully remove the first story and see what happens. God damn. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it's going to turn out. I got metaphors for days. <laughs> I got metaphors for days. <laughs> So yeah, um, this was a directive that basically was sent to then Assistant Secretary of State Ray Rubottom. Yeah, <laughs> Ray, <laughs> my boy Ray. These people's names are real. Rubottom. I don't know what the hell was happening back in the day, but it was not good. Someone at Ellis Island was having a bad day. They just decided to combine a couple things. Just called them like he called them just like Rue, as in like the French word for. Street. Hey, my name is Ray Street Rogers. Ass. <laughs> My name is Ray Rogers. Well, you're Ray Rubottom now. Deal with it. What the fuck? <laughs> Basically, I just love it. It would be like something really simple like Smith or Rogers. You're a uh, Pavlovsky. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yo, go! And then there's people just, like, screaming at him, shoving him with his bags. And there's other... Yeah, the, the other way, too, with the people with the really long-ass names. And it's like, yeah, you're Johnson now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, what you say. I like America. <laughs> 
Your last name is Blashtanow. Blashtanowski. Well, you're a smith now. <laughs> That's two fucking last names. Blashtanow, Blashtanowski. <laughs> Actually sounds like a Russian name. Kind of does. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. Uh, Rubatom's intended intention here was basically to get rid of Castro via a support of... And this is all a direct quote from him. To... Quote, support elements in Cuba opposed to the Castro government while making Castro's downfall seem to be the result of his own mistakes. <laughs> Luke's is silently shaking his head because of a fucking I had to stupid... yawn and I didn't want to do it in the mic. No, that's okay. But, um... You're a sleepy boy. I mean, the, <laughs> the thing with this is it just... It's just proving America's foreign policy is always going to be dick. What, <laughs> it's always going to be dick. Well, I mean, like... Just slap him about the face with it's it, just, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not much different than what we fucking did in the Middle East and what we are trying to do with, like, other countries. It's like, you know what? We're just going to become your politics, and, you know, we, we know what's yeah. better for you than you do, so we're Dude, just going to... And, and Lucas loves it when I sit there and fucking backseat cook for him when I hang out at your apartment... When we hang out on, like, you know, Saturdays. Definitely doesn't make yeah. you furious. It does not make you furious or backseat drive. Or, yeah, when Ben backseat drives for me. Yeah, I don't want someone else who doesn't do what I do telling me what to do. <laughs> That's just a human nature there. Like, yeah, it doesn't work. So, around December of 1959, although, again, like I said, the CIA and the president, at this point, were still grappling with how to deal with the Cuban mad lad. You good? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm chill. Kind of I'm chill. Lucas is sleepy. <laughs> yeah, he, he. There were portions of the CIA who are already starting to get the ball moving on actually getting Castro out. Because, like I said, it's weird how this works. And I feel like I have to keep emphasizing this. Is like the CIA didn't start it, but then they really became the motivation behind we didn't getting start the. Fight. <laughs> I hate you so much. It was, but then they're like elements of it were still like in the weird middle section of like we do like him, and some people were like, let's fucking kill him already. It's like really weird. So, yeah, that's what you want in a fucking sworn intelligence Indecisiveness. That's indecisiveness what you, that's what and people running their own show. That's what you want from government agencies. Yeah, exactly. Just a fuck ton of indecisiveness. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> Pretty much. It's kind of how it turns out here. So, yeah, um, there was a guy basically who was a real big proponent for getting him out, which his name was J.C. King, who was the chief of the CIA's Western Hemisphere Division. Basically meaning he's in charge of every... Like, he was the planning operations, but he was in charge of the planning operations operations the entire western part of the fucking globe. You know what I do is uh, basically uh, the Western Hemisphere. That's me. <laughs> that's me. Why does it sound like Matthew McConaughey? Western Hemisphere. Lincoln. Cause I feel like Do you would, know when to ride? Because I feel like you have to have that sort of attitude to take your responsibility like that. Nah, Something that's he's just a not give a shit. Ridiculously, ri- ridiculously big. There's no way you can feasibly control all of the things they're asking you to do. You I ha- don't you, know how you, they do. You like, have to have somebody who is way too confident in his own abilities. <laughs> yeah, basically. That's the problem is everyone in this is smart, but uh, too smart for their own good. So, but a really runaway ego. Well, I mean, Some of them do. Just, just think about it. You were in charge of half of the globe and figuring out and making sure everything's going well. Keeping the communists at bay and somehow, somewhere, one white dude who doesn't ever, like, do shit on the ground. I, You know, I, yeah, it's gonna, it's bound to work. What are you talking about? Anyway, so J.C. King was, to give him some background, he's a vehement anti-communist with a vested interest in keeping communists out of Latin America. Uh, primarily because King had friends in uh, big company places. Um... King did friends in high places. I got friends in oil companies. Oh, um, so uh, basically what happened... Dick Cheney, is that you? (laughs) (laughs) He shot a man in the the face. face. (laughs) 
So anyway, a little bit, a little bit of John Stewart action there for our listeners who might know that reference. Um, so basically, where King's position was that he recommended Castro be gone before the close of 1960, and offered the following options. So a, there's an anti, you should create an anti-Castro group to establish a quote-unquote beachhead, which kind of becomes a little bit more <laughs> real than I think he wanted it to be. Head. Basically, he was like, I'm gonna create a beachhead. It's <laughs> like really, really kind of backfired on you a little bit later um, through force. <laughs> Either from inside or outside. So basically the idea was either you invade or you basically rot the country out from the inside and just start over again, which is always a good way to do it. God, Lawless is chaos just, is so great. Just, uh, just ask Look at uh, Yugoslavia, how'd it turn out? Just ask Iraq and Afghanistan. Hold yeah, on, any look. of the Balkan nations in the 1990s. <laughs> Greece, you know, fucking the island of Cyprus. Anyway, um, they were going to... You could either do that or be... Quote, through consideration, oh, sorry, thorough consideration should be given to eliminating Castro. So what does that mean? Yeah. Put a bullet in him. Okay, so what it means is essentially they're saying either we're going to invade them, we're going to make them basically erode, like, die from the inside like we talked about, or we're just going to kill Castro. Pretty much. There's, like, giving two options. Either we go on a long and possibly disastrous course of rotting a country's political structure and then hopefully going in and making it seem like it worked. Basically, using that plausible deniability, are you just fucking kill the guy? <laughs> just Not a great fucking option. KO him. Just fucking, oh yeah, you don't, you don't even know. You don't even know it. You hit him in the head with a Paps can, he'll be out. He's done. That Audi 5000. Audi 5000. <laughs> no Wisconsin has ever said Audi 5000 except for you. <laughs> nah, you're probably right about that. Probably. So yeah, uh, it would take a fucking, it wouldn't take a genius though to understand obviously what King meant, as you literally just said, in the circumstances. But because King was often one to you or to employ euphemisms when discussing things oh, like dear God, he made this more complicated. Yeah, he did. He did. So he basically said eliminate meaning to kill. But because in the CIA they don't like to talk about the unsavory part of their business, they just used uh, eliminate that Castro would be killed. <sighs> Dulles read the memo. So Dulles was the I think he was the Secretary of State at the time. Yeah, or, he's also got an airport named after him now. Not yeah. a great guy. Dulles. Not a great guy. No, no. Uh, he read that memo from King and he edited out the word elimination and substituted removal. Like that was gonna fucking make a difference. That makes it so much harder. No, it just be <sighs> exactly. There's a problem here in that like nobody was. This was this was a fucked plan from the beginning, and this is all just examples of why. Um, it gets better though. So. Dulles's or Dulles made changes to other sentences, like many informed people, or the, basically stating that like we needed to change the idea that we were actually going to kill him. And effectively, what ended up happening was if they just somehow made Fidel and his brother and Che Guevara just disappear at the same time, that the country would just stop being communist. It gets better. <laughs> Not the fucking problem. It's yeah. The reason yeah. they want to be communists is because you keep treating them like shit. shit. <laughs> Why can't you love me? <laughs> just like that. It's just like forcing them away by wanting them to want you more. So yeah, basically, it doesn't work. It never has, and it never will. No, it will not. And the fact is so that it wouldn't be effective anyway to try and kill him because there would have been like, like I, I'm fairly certain people would have just literally assumed that the U.S. was behind it anyway. Like, that's just such a stupid concept. And their guns. And, and their, their bombs. Oh, God. <laughs> the fighter 
No. Um, we, we gotta actually cover that at some point, you we know? We probably should. <laughs> the troubles? Yeah. Let's yeah. let's talk about how a P let's give the Irish people something to think about. Uh, <laughs> but the IRA put a fucking pipe bomb in the box in my at my house. The problem is that shit is really recent too. Yeah, I really know. Even... It started coming back up again. Oh god. Not great. Um so yeah, they, they basically started penciling out parts that might seem a little concerning. And then what ended up happening was they <laughs> smartly said, We're not gonna fucking kill him yet. <laughs> they it's put it off. They put it off in 59. So, fast forward a little bit. So basically, the agency just passive-aggressively talked themselves out of it. Pretty much. They're like, this is stupid, but we'll maybe do this. What in livid fuck is going on? I don't know. So, uh, fast forward to January 1960. So, on the morning of Friday, January 8th of 1960, specifically, Alan Dulles was instructed... Or, sorry, Alan Dulles instructed Bissell, not was instructed by Bissell, to begin establishing a, a sort of task force... That would begin orchestrating Castro's downfall. This is going to be like the impetus of everything from here on out. So the group that they created held a fairly dry name, Committee 5412. Oh my god. Yeah. But it was its purpose was far from boring because within this, it was a committee and then there was a separate like special subcommittees in it too that actually dealt with more of this. But it was literally just called the special subcommittee. Or it's so, all called that the, been... magical the, the Magical Association of Dumbos. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they uh, they started looking into how they could basically start getting the logistics together, the structure together, and how they could eliminate Castro. Because the idea basically was not originally a full-out invasion. It was basically to just smuggle or airdrop these people into Cuba and then have them start turning people with American help. And eventually it would just become like a homegrown, like coup movement that would just overthrow castro like you know what the cia is good at um sometimes <sighs> not always in this case they were like fuck this one up but um i just realized that when i said the magical association of dumbos that's mad for short and i'm really <laughs> proud of myself usually assert just yeah that's great good <laughs> job there you go hey. yeah mothers again strong driving gold star for me anyway anyway <laughs> so uh yeah uh, that subcommittee's group that subcommittee group had a very big job to do though because it was the basically creating the group they had the president's national security advisor the assistant secretary of state of and the defense and the oh sorry of state and defense so i added those two together and i read it wrong and the director of the central intelligence agency basically working in this group to try to figure something out so it's not like it was like the aides and some guy named frank no this is people the fucking janitor massive, was there too sometimes this like is people no. with massive fucking egos massive egos a lot of power and a really just a really 1950 sense of worldview. <laughs> and you know what? I bet you if they live in the Midwest, they'd all have massive pickup trucks lifted once. Not even lifted. I think they would all just drive like, 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 a, like an SUV, like a fucking Tahoe. <laughs> kind of like that. Not in the 50s. They would be. Oh, well, maybe. I don't think they would have had lifted pickup 60s. trucks in the 50s either. God, what were they had in the 60s? Pickup trucks. Oh, you know what? It probably would have been caddies. It would have been caddies. Probably. Probably. Boats. They've been driving <clears throat> boats. Boats. <laughs> boats and hose. Boats and hose. That's his, that that's for the guy who ran the MK Ultra program. Just screaming boats and hose. I like to think that that's work. one of the uh, patients of the MK Ultra program. <laughs> probably. Anyway. Probably. Anyway. So uh, yeah, the idea basically here is that you have a lot of really important people, and they're trying to figure out what is effectively a really cracker ass solution to getting rid of a guy who was basically elected. <laughs> Almost democratically, he's not even elected, but still democratically supported. I just uh, anyway. So how do we get the Cubans 
basically. To realize what's good for them. That's basically, essentially what they're doing. That's basically here. like, how can we as white men who don't believe that women should vote and that the reproductive system is gross, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. I, he doesn't have sex in the 60s. What happens is you just buy a suit, you put it on a small child that you find on the street, and there you go. You have a son. And that's your kid. Yeah, and that's your kid. Or you just go trolling around an old atomic waste site some out in the desert and figure one out. Um, there's probably a handful of fucking like rabbits or something out there that you could just call Johnny and play ball with. So, yeah. Father's Day is coming on. <laughs> so if you want to have your father something, get Extend. No. 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 You should the not most, buy yeah. your father fucking sexual enhancement drugs. If you do, that's on animal. you, not on us. <laughs> that, Jesus Christ. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm just genuinely upset now. I meant it as a jest, but goddamn, it's funny that you got that upset about it because I hate myself for saying it. Anyway, so yeah, uh, again, explicit task is basically to find and create a group that monitors and authorizes covert actions. It basically gave Dulles the ability to continue advancing covert contingency planning against Castro, which is basically just a dry way of saying that Dulles now had more legitimate structured power to just find a way to screw with other people's governments. Um, you know and they say? What they say? Yeah. Love finds a way. Get- <laughs> Sponsored by... <laughs> Sponsored by eHarmony. <laughs> we, uh, ne- we are never getting sponsors. That's fine. Podcast. I don't care. I don't, that's not about the money for me. <laughs> it's about making the people laugh. Or making them genuinely uncomfortable for at least a good 15 to 20 minutes while we talk about it. So, uh, yeah. Um, the most important thing here, though, is that they're trying to help push the CIA towards like their objective. This was the idea of that plausible deniability I talked about before. Because they wanted to cover the link between the president who made the authorizations and the actual action of removing somebody in another country. Because, surprise, surprise, if America starts just fucking around... Well, we're complaining that the Russians are fucking around. It's going to make us look bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just Seems a tad. A bit hypocritical, doesn't it? Just a teensy bit, yeah. So, it was obviously clear that Eisenhower had the wherewithal to remove dictators and was very, very active in that because he had done a number of actions in the past that had brought him up to this point. Because a lot of people see Eisenhower as the sort of president who just sort of like sat back and didn't really get too involved in what the CIA did. So they kind of was able to give him the cover. Like he's just kind of, oh no, the president wasn't, you know, nefariously trying to, you know, subvert other people's countries and governments. It just, he was stupid apparently was they're trying to go to. Was it that, or did people just not Mr. fucking... Eisenhower doesn't know, I guess, you know. Was it that, or did people just forget the fucking decades of service as a fucking general that he had? <laughs> That's what I'm saying, too. That probably was going for him a little bit, was the fact that he was, you know, Commander Shayoff during the fucking world, Second World yeah. War. You know, it's got to kind of be hard, like saying Winston Churchill, you know, was not a good military leader, which he wasn't, um, primarily <laughs> he was because of bad. Gallipoli... <laughs> You know, take a take a wide crack. Maybe go to Wikipedia and look at that one. Or, or read a book. I don't care. But research it and find out that uh, it was not a good operation. Um, so, again, plausible deniability, though, when we start to figure out how many people he's actually ordered removed in his time as president, starts to really clash 
with people's arguments that he didn't know anything and didn't do anything wrong because in reality his hands on executive power shit this is just a short list of people who he had required the removal of okay. by force so he specifically ordered the overthrow of Mohammad Mosaddegh in Iran in 53 so the Shah of Iran in 53 Yakoba Arbenz we already talked about in Guatemala in 1954 so again this is going to be a hard one and Sukarno in Indonesia in 1958. That last one was a fuck-up, and Cuba was no different, but the fact was, he was hardly just, like, some old guy out on the golf course, like, 95% of the time, <laughs> not knowing what the hell the CIA was doing. He's just your grandfather right there in the golf resort. <laughs> you sound so drunk right now. That, that, that was the goal. It's great. So, yeah, um... By the end of January of 1960, the situation that made up Cuban-American relations was pretty bad. It was getting worse anyway. It just continued to get worse. Cuba was anticipating an American invasion, and the United States expected that Cuba would finally fall to the Soviets, which they already had. I don't know what they were waiting for at this point, because they literally were starting, uh, like, yeah. That, it's like they were, like, living in two fucking fantasy worlds, and the problem is, like, the, the main fear that they were trying to avoid they subconsciously were shoving each other closer and closer to this problem that they didn't want to have to deal with well the issue is you have literally the united states deciding that our intelligence agencies can just believe whatever the hell they want to and yeah basically or that they can do whatever the fuck they want to and they can passive aggressively talk themselves out of massive plans by editing each other's fucking pretty much paperwork that's what i said it was like yeah it's just such a mind fuck for me like like this whole thing is just doomed from the start and they shouldn't have even attempted this but i know that's like hindsight's 2020 to them they probably thought they could pull this thing off um so obviously as the u.s is decrying how the cuban government's behaving because now the cubans are literally like sending up threats telling america like yeah, yeah don't you screw with us or otherwise we're gonna really you know start looking to other big countries to help us <laughs> you know like that massive one across the ocean over there um not one that starts with an S. Yeah, pretty much. Actually, and eventually here, uh, Ambassador Bonsall, who we talked about in the last episode, got pulled out. This was probably not... Like, if you think in diplomatic terms, that is a fairly big deal. Not so much anymore, but back in the day, that was a big deal. Because that usually was like a prelude to war or something like that. So to the Cubans, it was like, oh shit, here we go. It's going to go down. And the Americans are like, ah, oh, fuck it. We don't want to have to deal with you. But wait, <laughs> the Soviets are here. <laughs> Khrushchev's, Khrushchev's just floating on in like fucking George Washington crossing the Delaware like I will save you and then you have like Cuba all of a sudden you just hear in the background at last <laughs> basically it's Eddie James's at last <laughs> my love got, is coming they got, they got this like gigantic fucking setup I was like blasting it at Guantanamo <laughs> and Khrushchev just fucking <laughs> he's, got, like, a, he's got like a rose in his mouth in between his teeth <laughs> God, that's so... That's great. If we could have fan art of that, that would... I would oh, love that. that. would be fucking... Hell phenomenal. yeah. That's, what, what's, that's what's gonna happen. Please send us that fan art if Please you make do. it, by the way. And you yeah. can send that to hatchistory101 at gmail.com. Yeah. So, um... Again, like, this, this is... In all reality, though, the thing is that it's starting to really freak people out. It's because Washington's like, oh, yep, it's gonna happen. It's happening. Let's do things to make it happen, but we won't acknowledge that we're this fucking stupid. Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, let's, so, let's do things to make this work, but so, I, don't, yeah, so, I don't want her to let anybody know that we're doing it, okay? I don't even know what we're doing, but let's just do it. It's like, <laughs> why? Who's in charge? <laughs> it's just like, that would be me the whole time, wandering around Langley, just like, what the fuck is happening? 
Tell what are what, you doing? Tell, tell you what, Sonny Boy. You play your cards right, you can be charged one day. You can. This, <laughs> this Ford Aguilar can be also be yours. This I don't want it. This 1997 Chrysler Sunfire can be yours. <laughs> Chrysler Sunfire. That's a car I haven't heard in a while. Holy shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Eisenhower heard about them basically starting to go towards the Soviets because they were starting to buy more Soviet products. They were trying to sell their sugar to, to the Soviet Union, which is a big deal because the Soviets naturally don't have sugar. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, Are you telling me the Soviets aren't very sweet? No, they're, no, they're more of a, they're more of like a savory people. <laughs> they're more of a gravy. Vodka. Of, of, yeah. Vodka. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like it tastes like gasoline. Um, but uh, it's good for you. <laughs> Eisenhower. So Eisenhower got wind that they were starting to shift towards Soviets or towards the Soviets, and Eisenhower fucking got pissed. So what happened was Bonsell got kicked out. He returned to Washington. He talked to the uh, to Eisenhower, and he's literally in the office. And Eisenhower literally declares that Castro was beginning to look like a madman, and stated that he was going to blockade Cuba to starve the population to solve the problem. Uh, Inconsiderate of the damage you would cause, Bonsell goes, maybe you should pump the fucking brakes cheap because this is not a good idea. You're telling me he was going to blockade Havana? Yes, and he was probably going to starve civilians out to prove a fucking point. Like, I get, he was pissed and he finally tailed it back and said, okay, that's stupid, we're not going to do that. But, like, that's, like, no. (laughs) You should never, that should not be a thought that goes into your mind at any point as a, like, world leader, like, what if I just blow up one part of it? You know what's really sad? (laughs) What? The fact that this whole fiasco that we're doing hours of recording on, we got, like, two paragraphs on in in, in history class in high school. Yeah, like, And they didn't even explain why this happened. Yeah, that's what I said, like, I literally have to explain it because I know how shit the American education system is. Like, this is why you're like, oh, Fucking progressive bit. And I'm like, I'm trying. No. But if you don't know, up yours, okay? Here's the thing, too. Like, foreign listeners out there, just realize we didn't know any of this shit really oh, before we started not. this either. Because well, I mean, and we knew some of it in college, granted, but, like, this is not, like, all the context of world history, like, this is like a blip on the radar. To there's bigger just, there's shit. There's not enough... There's not enough time spent on the American government's fuck-ups yet. We, we don't have enough research on that yet, quite honestly. Yeah. So... We bring ourselves to second little section here, which is called just the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> the dumbest shit ever. Oh, yeah. This is where they start planning Castro's removal with all sorts of fun shit. So you're going to love this one. Oh, God. Oh, it's going to get good. So 59 moved into 60. So the special group for committee 5412 was looking for ways for them to get out Castro without implicating the U.S. But because invasion looks bad and coup is kind of difficult and assassination is probably also bad they're really looking for stupid ways to get rid of him so preceding a couple of things there are a couple bigger events i didn't involve but one was the lacuber explosion in march of 1960 and i'll explain kind of really quick what that was was basically the lacuber was basically a belgian merchant ship that was docked in havana that was carrying like belgian artillery shells all like old military stuff they were giving to the cubans Fucker blew up in the harbor. Um, and the Cubans, I mean, there's a large damage amount and a loss of life. And the Cubans said, oh, fuck, it's like the main. Basically, that's what they were thinking. You know, and truth be told here, this is, uh, this is true. There were about 1.5 billion Dogecoins on that boat. 
Fucking <laughs> scattered. Body. Scattered to the seven winds. And they, they got scattered all over the world. And, uh, yeah, no. They're, they're rec- until recently, yeah. those Dogecoins were not available to the public. But I've, we've got a special deal for you. <laughs> that sounds like the fucking uh, money scam they used to do in like 2006. Or like, the gold from the basement of the, twi- of the 9-11 tower. No one, no. No, 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 no. If you have that, you shouldn't have it. Because <laughs> number the, one, uh, that's immoral. Well, yeah. how, about, how about the Buffalo nickel, or the Buffalo, uh... The buffalo, the buffalo, yeah, the buffalo, like dollar coin, yeah, the or the fucking gold yeah. coins from the California. Yeah. Which I was like, that's, ah. Anyway, so yeah, that explosion was not good because the Cubans saw like, oh, this is America setting us up and getting ready to invade us because these guys are now just looking for uh, like situations at all like fucking like avenues. They're like, oh fuck, it's gonna happen. Looking that's a reason. For love that's a reason. The lights the turned off. Faces. Yeah. Looking for love. They're like the lights turned off. American insurrection. So. I mean, that they're, they're paranoid as a population, and that makes sense, because America's fucking terrifyingly massive. Um, Vice President Nixon was briefed on a series of contingency programs after that, or, oh, sorry, yes. before that explosion <laughs> happened, and how they were going to start thinking up things. Show me what I should know. So basically, <laughs> in a report titled, quote, what, are, what we are doing in Cuba... Well, that Sounds like something a middle schooler would think. Shit up. was innovative. Yeah. Might as well just put out what no, I did. That fucking titles mint. What I did on my summer vacation. Basically, it's like that. That's what I was thinking of when I wrote this. I'm like, that's like something like an elementary student would give me. Um, Dulles explained to Nixon that there had been developments in a drug which, if placed in Castro's food, would make him behave in, su- in a such an irrational manner that a public appearance could have very damaging results to him. Wait, wait. This wasn't even supposed to kill him? This is just supposed to make him look like an idiot? Well, in this plan, they weren't planning on killing him, right? They were going away from killing him to, like, making him look stupid. The fuck was in this drug? Well, that's a good question you asked that, because Dulles did not specify the substance pharmacology, but from what research had been pointed to, Dulles was referring to LSD. So Dulles was basically saying if we put LSD in his food, set him in front of the cameras, and watch him, like, try to fight a dragon that doesn't exist, the people will stop looking at him. Be- well, And that actually made sense to me. Like, you know, really crack at it kind of way. That made sense. Because no one had known about LSD. This is before that shit comes out to the public. Right. They're but- like, what if we made him look like he's just, like, gone crazy? That makes sense. But, but, it's stupid, but, but it makes sense. But, it's insane. Yeah, but here's the problem. We all know from it, you know, we all know this because it's just 100% true. It's there. Drug addicts are the most easy people to control ever. And you yeah. can exactly predict the way someone's going to react to a drug. Yeah, exactly. Like Which you can't, which is all sarcasm, by the way. Yeah, but good job on that because I wasn't sure myself. Basically, they had been a pet project. That had been a pet project of the CIA since like the early fifties. We're talking. That's the MK Ultra stuff and like all of that, like Manuster Goats sort of stuff. That is what that is. So on its own, using LSD to destroy Castro's reputation is an ingenuitive idea because the story could be spun that Castro had gone crazy, lose public support. He's out. No bloodshed. It's just you know done. Yep. Like, that makes sense to me. That actually makes sense in a really stupid, roundabout way, but it works. The origins of that plan were some of the most outlandishly dumb shit and the stuff that comes, like, after that, that I have ever seen. So the food additive idea seems like it would have come in from an Ian Fleming novel. Who's Ian Fleming? 
that James Bond. Yes, good. The guy who wrote James Bond. Yes. Yeah, good. Um, that's because it probably did. Um, Dulles, like several other Washingtonian elites at the time, were enthralled by the James Bond series. Oh yeah, strap in, buddy. Strap the fuck and in. Just a little teaser for you. We will, we might be doing something with uh with oh, the James Bond. Oh, movie it, it hits so close here. to home, you won't even believe it. Oh god. So they were like, "Holy shit, this could work." They read James Bond novels. Just I just want to put this in perspective. You read a fiction book and said that could work. <laughs> like what? No, I I refuse to accept that that was a thought that came into their minds, but it's real. So, I, I, so the moment Dulles damn it. popped, <laughs> I forgot I wrote this. I don't want to say it. I'm going to say the moment Dulles, and I wrote this, popped his James Bond cherry. I, I That's gross. That line, That's but... gross. I realized how gross it was when I wrote it, and I'm like, ah, fuck. This, it, I was being salty at the time that I wrote this because I'm like, this is just stupid to me. I like, think, no, not, like, uh, the idea of what they were doing was I just stupid. I fucking picture you next to, with like a with like a pen and a quill going, this will get him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're just so pissed off. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, um, he was at a dinner party when a, the young wife of the Massachusetts senator, which Massachusetts senator do you think it is? <laughs> God, it's going to be a Kennedy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's the JFK. Jesus it is. Jacqueline Kennedy gave him a copy of From Russia with Love and stated to him, here's a book. <laughs> oh, my God. You matched the audio. <laughs> he states, she states it here. Here's the book you should have, Mr. Director. Why? I don't know. Why should he have that book, Jackie? I don't know. So Dulles like read the book, was so into it. He went to London, shared a dinner with Fleming, where he became an avid fan and a jealous admirer of the Bond character in Mystique, because Dulles was often citing that Bond's tools, the stuff he used, the gadgets, was the shit that he wanted the most. So he made mention of a device. This is in Rassenberg. It's on page 54, just for anybody who would love to like, so I'm not making this up. It states in this, quote, I recall one device, a special kind of homing radio outfit, which Bond installed in cars his opponents were using, which permitted him within an appropriate, <laughs> I'm sorry, within an appropriate uh, radar type gadget to follow the hostile car. Dulles then encouraged the agency technicians to try to design and create such a device, which didn't go anywhere. <laughs> you are so upset. I don't have anything to add right now. I'm just upset. <laughs> I don't want to know the thought, the fucking poor technician who's like, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah, have a, have a car that spits oil out the ass. What? <sighs> go. <laughs> no. <laughs> Trying to, like, figure out how to do things. So, yeah. The the interest of this... I, I mean, for what it's worth, isn't totally out of the way. Because people could gather inspiration from unusual sources. But just the whole concept is that Fleming's dinner... With him and two... Like, Jackie and John Kennedy giving him the book. It's just where the fiction element of Fleming's shit just seems to be forgotten is when Dulles picks up the book and reads it and just forgets it's a fiction book. I just... Ah! 
Ugh. I was fucking choked them out and spit. I'm so pissed off. So, okay. this also, so. yeah. So, this also happens. So, according to some accounts, to those that attended that party with the Kennedys, the conversation was in Kennedy's corner. The, or sorry. Anyway. I, I, Do you need really to take weird. a moment here, Jesus? <laughs> Just, I'm having a moment. Was that, uh, so, okay. Yeah, no, I remember what happened. So, at Kennedy's, I think it was at their estate or it was some other party in the general area where he lived that they were like having a sit down and so the idea or the the story goes too that jfk or the columnist joseph alsop who was there depending on who you ask tells you this story asked fleming about some tips on how to get rid of castro and dulles was also there at the same time and fleming's answer was quote ridiculed mostly it was an off-the-cuff answer he was being a smart ass but he provided oh, an example of what he meant in the course of the conversation. So Fleming then suggested that another leaflet drop might be considered if they wanted to try this again. Oh, because that went so well fucking oh, last time. Oh, it gets time. so much better. That basically they would do another leaflet drop, which would warn Havana that there was radiation poisoning in the air because they've been testing bombs. Yeah, no, it gets better. Hold up. It gets so much, so much better. That basically, and this is, if we're talking about like when white people try to figure out what people in other countries are trying to think, this is when it goes wrong. He goes, what if we told them that radiation poisoning was in the air around Cuba and it was sapping Cuban men's virility? I don't know. Man. Why is that the route they went with after they said radiation poison? They could have picked about 50 different directions. And no, oh. we're just going to pick the one that... Here's the problem You can't with this. get a boner now, so... <laughs> the fact was, the whole process was, they were going to tell them this, and they were basically going to say that the radiation would reside in men's beards, because most, if not all of the people cube, or that were part of Castro's entourage had beards. That was part of their mystique because most men shaved during this point. This is your pre-hippie movement. So you don't have okay. like, this is the man. Okay. So because Castro and his group were known for that, they would have to shave their face and to effectively save their balls. That's a, that, yeah, that would have been their thought process here. And effectively they would neuter the movement through naturally basically saying, look at how weird they are without beards. And the fucker would just come to a screaming halt. Okay. Like the 345 Hold Hold to Cleveland. On. And I'm so upset. Hold on. Yes. So, couldn't this immediately be proven wrong if, let's just say, theoretically, one of them just gets a boner? Isn't that just kind of proving the whole fucking <laughs> concept yes. wrong? And I'm so pissed that this is what they seriously thought. And they, Fleming was like, I'm just a novelist. And he's just like, I don't know, fucking make fun of him, I guess. And they're like, holy shit, we can run on that. I just realized that the CIA could not be running a, an NWO because we are fucking surrounded by idiots. And that is okay. And I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> the men who hold the fate of the world in their fucking hands thought this was a fucking genius idea. And I'm upset. <laughs> I'm. We're going to convince them that there's radiation poisoning. In their beard. And the so you'd have to of, shave of your Cuban face men. to lose the mystique of the movement in order to save your ability to have sex. Second of all, 
The beard is not the fucking movement, you fucking dipshit. That's not no, the point. They really, like, I don't understand. You know, you know what it is? It's them looking for any plausible explanation that, that does not make America responsible for the reason that Cuba is... is. Uh, yeah. And this is, like, the stupid shit that, like... Yeah. It, 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 it's, none of it makes sense because none of it can because the only reasonable explanation is everything we've talked about. But they don't want to understand that the U.S. is to blame for what's happening in Cuba. They're much more happy. They'd much more rather play with spy novels and shit. Cause... Pretty much. Pretty much. This is basically, I, I shit you not. Uh, like, I wrote this note down on the side of this and basically said this meant, I basically said this. Those mental gymnastics should not have left the room that night. That's how stupid this is. Well, and this this is... should have been a joke that they laughed at and never mentioned again. But no, someone had to fucking take it seriously. And this is the type of shit that's eventually going to lead to the U.S. almost getting fucking bombed years down the road. Oh, we'll hell. talk about that. But... Oh, fucking hell yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's the problem. Stupid is something that's difficult to stop once it gets going. So, the next morning, a CIA <laughs> officer... Who had... Sorry, I, my mistake. I have to rectify something. Dulles was not at the party. I'm That's my bad. Sorry. I, I jumped the gun on that. Um, So Dulles was not there, but the CIA officer in attendance at that party informed Dulles about Fleming's comments, and naturally Dulles got intrigued because his smooth brain just couldn't fathom how stupid it is. And he set out in search of the... <laughs> he tracked Fleming down. He tried to track him down to ask him some serious conversational questions, perhaps about the beards. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Saying that the majority of the plans of the CIA's drawing board matched this banger of an idea he had come out with last night. Tullus was searching around all fucking day, left and right, all over Washington trying to get this guy. Trying to find him. 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 And turned out Fleming had left town. <laughs> It's so undeniably stupid. This whole thing, it's like, it's not even real, but it is. It's fucking real. It is absolutely real. Yeah. So, oh, God. Yeah, um, he left town. <laughs> Fuck me. He left town on the 8 o'clock train. <laughs> on the 8 o'clock train. You Luckily, know, Bissell had the train schedule. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't find the fucking guy, and they jumped off the train and, like, ran away. So, all in all... There's a proper tangent, but on a serious end, the comment Fleming offered about ridicule was actually taken seriously. The beards part was not, but the ridicule part was, which makes sense, because if you undercut the movement by basically making them seem non-legitimate, the people stop believing in it. Yeah, that makes sense. But how are you going to make them think it's not legitimate? I have to imagine this is still going to be stupid. So oh, It's fucking stupid <laughs> altogether. So yeah, that came... To, again, trying to figure out what they should do. Yeah. Basically, they round-robin themselves into thinking that this would work, and then it just was like, ah, oh, it's too fucking complicated. We're not going to do it. Well, later that afternoon, the same day, the 14th, Special Group Committee of 5412 met again, and rather than speaking about LSD or making Castro's hair fall out, they started entertaining assassination again. Triple assassination this time, aimed at removing Castro, Shea, and Raul, which was Castro's brother. Fuck it, let's kill them all. Pretty much, that was the idea. Um, what's funny about this is that the guy who originally thought this plan up and recorded the conversation that took place was none other, other sorry was none other than King himself, who had brought it up a fucking month ago. 
Jesus Christ. According to what King recorded, the conversation quickly became a discussion of quote, what would be the effective or sorry, what would be the effect on the Cuban scene if Fidel and Raul and Shay allegedly should disappear simultaneously. Allegedly Allegedly. Should... I I say allegedly because that's mentioned in the, the thing. It's literally like like we they were like saying like, oh he'd kinda go away, but he wouldn't go away, you know. Just there's, like when Trump some... tries to explain things, it's like that. It's so fucking roundabout, it makes you want to punch a hole in a drywall. What if maybe, allegedly, for conversation's sake, he wasn't here? Yeah. Again, the fact was that having three major communist leaders obviously fucking just disappear would really not vibe with the plausible deniability game because everybody would be like, hey, you and you, you two countries have been fucking like screaming at each other. I, they're gone, so we just assume you guys did it. Like, it's so obvious, it's stupid, that they considerably made a better plan penned, quote, a program of covert action against the Castro regime, which is so fucking long that I don't know why they covert didn't just say... Covert action, okay. Yeah, a program of covert action. So on its face, the program of covert action plan would be a roadmap to the regime change that they were looking for, though. So according to the actual CIA briefing, the purpose of the program outlined herein is to bring about the replacement of the Castro regime with one more devoted to the interests of the Cuban people. It's a funny fucking statement for them to say. And a more <laughs> acceptable to the U.S. And I underline this part in such a way as to avoid any appearance of U.S. intervention. So yeah, they were just like, well, assassination probably wouldn't work. Um, all that other spy shit's stupid. So let's just go with the only plausible option, which is literally just basically train and deploy rebels to take this thing to the next level. So in order to achieve that, naturally, they naturally. had to do a meaningful regime change. There had to be a structure to be put in place. And the program called for the following. So number one was a political or sorry, political oppositions group. That idea was that they would have they would have to be comprised of responsible, appealing, and unified Cuban defectors, which there were a lot, who could plausibly take over from Castro. You couldn't just throw a bunch of fucking dudes in, some guns for hire, and say, like, all right, now run this thing, because that wouldn't work. You had, number two, you needed an intensive anti-Castro propaganda network that had to be broadcast into Cuba via a medium-wave radio station outside of Cuba. Most likely, the location would end up being a CIA-owned property on Swan Island. This is in the Northwest Caribbean Sea, about 153 uh, I'd say kilometers because that's the, the measurement that they use off Honduras. So basically they had a whole island they could just set up for this process and they would just hurdle just propaganda into the airwaves constantly until something happened. I Again, uh, there's number three. We have a covert force of anti-Castro Cubans who would gather intelligence and carry out missions inside Cuba. That's your boots on the ground sort of crowd. And then number four is an, quote, adequate paramilitary force that could be trained outside of Cuba and later deployed against Castro. That's more your, like, invasion outside going in sort of crowd. It should be noted that at this stage, there was still no overt mention of an invasion, but again, they were kind of entertaining any option that flew across their radar. So we start seeing a more of a focus here on small, self-sufficient guerrilla groups that could operate undetected, which would make sense. Yeah. The major importance of this plan using Cuban exiles to topple Castro was that, obviously, without a, a revealing American involvement, is all of a sudden... They just started picking people up left and right. And this becomes sort of a thing later on is that they start just like interviewing people, pulling them into sedans and taking them out to Florida to train them. 
And all of a sudden, you've got people who are like defectors who really wanted to go, who are now basically like just cannon fodder for the dumbest CIA operation I've ever fucking seen. So, estimates of the covert actions program to get underway was between six to eight months of prep time that were require about $4.4 million, which is always a good way of spending Small it. Small price to pay for <laughs> Yeah, Eisenhower agreed almost immediately, I think without reading it. I, there was some mention that he didn't even read it. He was, like, given a synopsis. Well, like, that, he read the IMDB page and said, that's mine, let's do that, it. That's that classic, uh, that's that classic um, moment from the Simpsons movie where... Arnold Schwarzenegger is president in his responses. I was elected to to lead, not to read. To lead and not to read. <laughs> yeah. So those in the awful though they mentioned this in the Oval Office. And this is actually kind of a nice place to end this episode is to those in the Oval Office attending this meeting, a condition needed to be understood. And every single one of them agreed to this. Everyone must be prepared to swear that they have never heard of this plan. Alright. And that's where we'll pick up is what I call Asshole Avengers, assemble! We're gonna get the, the bands get back together. <laughs> the band that should have never started is coming back. The boys are back in town. The boys are back. Okay, Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm gonna get more upset probably next episode, but that's okay. Actually, no, you probably won't. All right, well, that that was... You uh, might be. You might actually get pissed. <laughs> the was... first part of it's gonna make you kind of upset. That was a lot. Um, we hope you enjoyed this. Um, certainly some looks into some things I didn't know about. <laughs> I love how condescending you are to me about my research. No. Just looking at me like, well, you know, could be real. Could not be real. Here's, Waste no, of my fucking no, time. Here's the, here's the ultimate compliment. I could not be this pissed off if I didn't believe your research was credible. So. It's credible. God damn, it's credible. Uh, all right. Well, thanks, oh, everybody. Um, please give us a review. We really appreciate those. Um and uh, if you have any questions, please send us that, those via email um, to hatchhistory101 at gmail.com. Um, please follow us, like us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Um, gave those handles and things like that at the beginning of the episode. Give them some love. Give those handles some love. <laughs> uh, okay. Don't break off. Um, Keep going. <laughs> we're going to just end on Jake's comment. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, everybody. Don't let fiction writers do public policy. <laughs> <laughs>